Welcome to Blood, Sweat, and Teal, a Fear the Fin podcast. I don't know what episode it is. I think we're over saying what episode it is. I'm C. <laughs> I'm Kyle, and I think it's 17. Cool. <laughs> so, I have no idea. That's a guess. That sounds like the Sharks right now. They also have no clue and just guess at playing hockey. <laughs> yes. We make the jokes. Nobody pays us. <laughs> yeah. Let's just get into it. So they, they played... It was it was weird. It was weird. I'm just going to start out. It. it was weird. You know when like, you go to the movies and you're like, I don't know what to expect on this movie. And you're like, hmm, I kind of like this. But then halfway through, you kind of don't really like it. Then at the end, you leave the theater and you're like, hmm, that was a movie. That was interesting. It's kind of weird. You don't know how you feel. That's how I feel about the Sharks right now. Yeah, they're... Well, it's hard to judge right now because their last game obviously was the first one without Joe Thornton. So it's... It's hard because you're going into the all-star break going, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. Like It was weird. You, like It was such bad timing, well, just because it's the season, but because there was only one game left before the all-star break, it was hard to get a read on what was going to happen because there's one game and then there's a five-day break. So it's like they could do anything in this game. Right. I'm glad that if that was going to happen, it happened before the all-star break, though, because with Joe Thornton obviously having that procedure done, it gives him a little time to heal where he's not hurting the team by being off the ice, you know? Yeah, like, time is not our friend right now when it comes to Thornton's knee. So having a built-in break like the All-Star game really helped. If he's out for two months, that's a week right there where the Sharks aren't playing games. So that's one week less of where they could lose ground. Um by virtue of him being out. Right. Let's backtrack a little, though. We'll go over the games that they did have Thornton. So first was Colorado, which Nathan McKinnon is just... Colorado was hot, hot, hot. Absolute beast. Yeah. Like, Nathan McKinnon's probably the leader for the heart right now, if I had to guess. If Colorado makes the playoffs, I think Nathan McKinnon just wraps that heart up in a nice little bow. And heart trophy is what I'm referring to. I'm sure his heart is fine. <laughs> yeah, he was in the um, the... Sorry, the P-W-H-A, M-I-P-H-W-A. Pro Writers Hockey Association. Pro, I have a question yeah. for you. Is, M- is MMA legal? Stop. We're have we got clarification into- if MMA is legal? <laughs> we are not getting into that. But the P-H-W-A uh, midseason awards, Nathan McKinnon was on there, which is kind of surprising. Just, I mean... Well, it's surprising because not- Colorado is a trash fire for the past couple of years. Right. But it's, then all of a sudden they went on a 10-game winning streak and Nathan McKinnon was like, oh yeah, this is why I was picked first overall and is second in the league in points. I think that midseason awards having those 2,000 fan votes makes it a little bit closer to like what those awards should go to as, as opposed to just having writers do it because I have this theory that none of them stay up past 9 p.m. Pacific. Uh, or sorry, 9 p.m. <laughs> Eastern, <laughs> 9 p.m. Eastern, and uh, they don't watch Pacific games, and they don't nominate Pacific players for anything. So um, I think the fan votes helped, and that's probably why Nathan McKinnon, he was number two for the Hart Trophy. Behind Kucherov, which is like, there's some intriguing things. I just think if Colorado makes the playoffs after being so bad, I don't see how they don't give it to him, but Kucherov's also a good choice. E- either way, regardless, right. Colorado was hot, 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 and just was a buzzsaw and just ran right through San Jose. So, like, whatever. Yeah, Shit absolutely. Happens. And, I mean, if the Sharks would have won that game, it would have been one of those games that they didn't deserve to win. <laughs> no, they didn't They didn't play great. No. They, they weren't good. But then, but then. Two nights later. San Jose played 
arguably their best game of the season. Yes, absolutely. That Pittsburgh game was so good. And it's weird that it, it was such a low-scoring game because I feel like all of the other really good games they've had this season have been kind of higher-scoring, you know, kind of equal opportunity. Whereas this one, it was so tight. And it was still so entertaining and so good to watch. It ended up being a 2-1 score, and beating Pittsburgh just feels so good. But it didn't feel like, oh man, this could go either way, or Pittsburgh's really outplaying San Jose, and I don't know how they're going to win this. I felt that the whole time I was like, wow, San Jose looks really good, and San Jose should win this game. Yeah, Maybe absolutely. I'm biased because I'm a Sharks fan, but they, the Sharks looked really good. I don't remember who scored that one. It's been a while. It's been, what? a week and a couple days now or a day I don't know I don't remember who scored that one Pittsburgh goal do you remember off the top of your head Crosby I don't know it was not Crosby (laughs) that's that's my guess no actually if I remember it was like a Pittsburgh rookie wasn't it it was I don't know oh the the, uh the the rookie that they called up yeah maybe I don't know I don't really care I hate Pittsburgh (laughs) they can go die they, I hope they crash and burn out of the playoffs. I shouldn't say they go die. I don't want them to die. I don't yeah, wish that's, harm on that's people. But I, I wish Pittsburgh would just flame out, fall to the bottom of the standings, and never be heard from again. That's what I want. Them being bad is really just the best well, thing. Well, the crazy thing is, though, personally. they went on a little little streak. They're like eight and two over the last ten, and now they're back in the playoffs. But the metro, the metro was crazy. They could fall out of the playoffs literally at any time. So I'm not. It's too close to call and save. Like they've been pretty bad for a while. Um, so it's it's not like I can sit here and be like, oh yeah, they're definitely not going to make the playoffs, or they definitely will. And the crazy thing is, as good as the Pittsburgh game was, the very next night against Anaheim, they bodied them and played an even better game, probably. Yeah, which was also surprising because it was a back-to-back with travel. Everyone was freaking out about it, and no, it was awesome. <laughs> it was... They crushed. By the by, the way, Connor Sheary scored for Pittsburgh, assisted by Sidney Crosby and the rookie D. Simon. Uh, Sherry. <laughs> Sherry, isn't it? No, it's Sherry. That's stupid. It's an E A R Y situation. No, no, actually, that was... Sherry, like. No, it was one of those things that was on. It was cycling around Twitter um, for the beginning of the season. I guess a broadcaster had some interview with him or something, and asked him about the pronunciation of his name, and it's actually Sherry. And he just went along with it, with everyone calling him Connor Sherry, but it's actually <laughs> Connor Sherry. He's probably American. And yeah, I think he is. Actually. Oh, he is. He's from Winchester, Winchester Massachusetts. Yeah. That's why he's from Massachusetts. So they say everything's screwed up. <laughs> so if he had a normal accent. Like a regular accent, it'd be Sherry, but he's from Boston, so he's like, it's Connor Sherry. <laughs> anyway, I actually found that he was the one who scored just as you did as well. So, yeah, Connor Sherry. Perfect. Whatever. Scary Sherry scored, but whatever. <laughs> San Jose traveled to Anaheim and absolutely kicked their ass all over the pond. Yeah, it was amazing. Uh, that was just a fun game. From literally the puck drop, there was no doubt in my mind that San Jose was absolutely going to run rough shot over the Ducks. Yeah, and the Ducks right now, though, they're getting hot at the right time. Like, not like super hot yet but I think they're finding their footing as a team because like you know they're finally getting everyone back and I think the only people left are what Patrick Eves is still out but otherwise you know they've got all their main guys back really so they're finding their footing and getting into the Pacific Division race and so beating them right now is a really good thing for this team. Yeah because they're the Pacific Division is uh, Vegas, San Jose, Calgary in the playoffs then there's L.A. and Anaheim. Well, yeah, L.A. ahead of Anaheim. So to keep them, to have to leapfrog L.A. and then another team to get in is awesome, and hopefully we can keep them away from the playoffs. That's just what I want. I don't want to see L.A. and Anaheim anywhere near the playoffs. Right. Please go away. (laughs) 
Yeah. Please go away. I wouldn't be scared of them in playoffs. No, but it's just one of those teams where there's a history and a lot of the leadership crew is the same for that shared history. Like in 2008, I want to say, San Jose was the one seed. They won the President's Trophy and then jobbed out to the eight-seeded Ducks. Um, And guys like Getzlaff and Perry and uh, there's other guys that have been around. Carl, I think, was the coach possibly. They have that shared history, so it's like I don't really want to play the Ducks. I'd much rather play a team that I care less about, like Calgary or something like that. But at the same time, bring it on, Ducks. Whatever. YOLO. (laughs) So there's really not a lot to say there. I, I don't even remember anything specific from that game. But I do remember specifics from the Winnipeg game. Oh, boy. No. (laughs) I don't want to remember. (laughs) It's just like, oh, it's just like to come off of the Pittsburgh game and the Anaheim game and look so good and then immediately go down like 3-0 to the Jets. It's just like, what are you doing? Wait, 3-0. It was a 5-4 game. Yeah, they were down. The Sharks were down like 3-0 right off the the hop. The first period, yeah, they were down... Yeah, okay, yep, 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 yep. 3-1 at the end yeah. of the first, but for a lot of it, it was 3 nothing. It didn't help that they lost Tomas Hurdle right, like, right away. Yeah, and, like, I guess we should talk about it. I thought for sure... So the NHL safety, the Department of Player Safety, is an absolute joke. Yes. Who, who knows what they're going to do? But I figured for sure that they would suspend Hurdle for a game just because it is a hit from behind. I know when you watch it, Kulikov turns... At the last second, Hurdle hits him. Hurdle doesn't have a history. I figured they would slap him with one game, whatever. It's actually like two games because he missed the, all of the Jets game. But then they didn't do anything, and they said that getting kicked out of the game was sufficient. I just don't know. Do you want to get rid of this stuff out of the game or do you not? I understand it's an accident, but even accidents have punishment. If I rear-end somebody in my car, I still have to pay for their new bumper. Right. And, like, sorry, I'm watching it again. I I don't know. I, I don't think... Because everyone keeps pointing to, like, oh, he turned at the last second. And it's like, that's just, you have to anticipate something like that. You know what I mean? Like, you have to, you're hitting the guy from behind either way. Him turning at the last second isn't changing the fact that Hurdle was hitting him from behind. And the fact that he bled, I think, played a huge part into it. The fact that there was blood all over the ice, which, gross. Yeah, it's always weird (laughs) when you see blood and then they have to go, like, scrape it up with their skates. Yeah, (laughs) It's, like, congealed on the ice gross i I think obviously that becomes a factor but i don't know i i I figured they would give him one yeah it it see it seems fairly accidental either way if you want to say that he did on purpose if you want to say it was an accident it's still a hit from behind i figured they'd give him one but who knows what is it george perro still like who knows what that guy's doing right and it's if there were consistent treatment across the board i would have expected that to be one game but with the nhl department of player safety the way that is uh, it could have been anything. Uh, yeah, I have. It could have been five games. Who knows? Yeah. And, I mean, Brad Marchand just got suspended. How many games was it? Five. five. But he's a six-time. He. This is right. his sixth suspension. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it just, I don't know. But then Ronaldo got, what? Gets six. Yeah. Like, it's just. It's, for something way worse than Marchand. It's just. I don't I don't know. There's no consistency. So, I, I, I'm, I mean, I'm not mad that we didn't lose. Tomas Hurdle again, but yeah, like as a from a fan standpoint, you can't be mad that Hurdle didn't get any supplementary discipline. But at the same time, from a safety aspect, it's kind of yeah, weird that I, he didn't. I definitely don't condone that player or anything. I there's no, nothing. and I don't think Hurdle Hurdle's never been like out there hunting. 
there's never even really who did the butt end it wasn't him was it it was Timo no Meyer. that was Meyer yep yeah so like Hurdle's been pretty clean and he doesn't seem like a guy that's I would hear hurting people so it's like even one game is whatever like I, I just I just don't really get it but hey he was back on the ice for the next game not that it mattered but he's still in the lineup but yeah, you gotta figure they're playing that game with a shortened bench then at that point. So it makes an already difficult game. I think at that point they were, oh, were they down? They were already down one nothing. I think. one nothing yes. or 2 nothing. So then the penalty, they, they scored, and then they scored again. So they were <laughs> up 3 nothing, and it's like, it just knocked the wind out of their sails, and they're playing with a shortened bench. But Logan Couture was was pretty great in that game. <laughs> that's when he did his little spinning yeah. move <laughs> everybody was like Logan Couture insane I was like didn't he kind of do it by accident but who cares it was a super cool looking accident right yeah I loved that they and I talked about this on Twitter so sorry if you are getting this content again but I loved that they as soon as that happened they panned to Christy Yamaguchi in the audience <laughs> it was like the best thing if you don't know Christy Yamaguchi is married to Brett Hedekin who does the radio broadcast with Dan Rusinowski, and I I love her. <laughs> I love that she loves San Jose hockey. Like it's just such a little charming. It, thing. It's pretty. It's pretty awesome. Well, I listen to the radio a lot, and Brett Hedekin talks about his wife. Well, Dan Rusinowski and Brett Hedekin. Rusinowski will bring up his wife, and Hedekin will talk about his wife all the time. So it's like it's kind of cool and cute and stuff. But I want a big shout out to Brett Hedekin. He is sick of Burns' defensive shit. Oh, absolutely. He is sick of it. Like, Brent Burns, the, against the Rangers game, looking a little bit ahead, against the Rangers game, he was the sole responsibility for the first two goals. Yeah. He yeah, steps up on one guy when he shouldn't have and pulls himself out of position. Then on the second goal, he takes out the guy, but then doesn't cover back or doesn't do anything. He takes himself out of position again. And Brent Hedekin is just absolutely, every time he's like, he, he tries to do it really diplomatically, and I respect him. And he's just like, Brent Burns is, is, is a player that you rely on, but it just baffles me the decisions he's making here. And it's so funny because he has to come up with increasingly different ways to say, like, what you doing, buddy? Yeah. How can you be this bad at defense? Yeah. And the thing is, like, I, I know that historically he's been bad at defense. It's not something that's like, this is a new problem. But it is so bad. Like, and I don't know if that's just they've been switching up his D partners, and so it's more obvious. No, I think or... I, th I think he just wants to play offense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Though that's I think that's kind of a mood in the room. To be honest, is that like from the very start of the season they've been like, hey, we need to make sure that we're replacing Marlowe's production. Although I don't think they say the I, how much you want to bet they don't say the word Marlowe in that locker room but anyway <laughs> no, they, thornton, thornton thornton does he says it in interviews well that's fair yeah so they're, they're like everyone needs to chip in and brent burns is just like i can do this and no he cannot he he is a defenseman yeah we need him like if he's the reigning norris defender and he's one of the 10 worst regular defensemen in the league on defense we're talking about defense he's obviously an offensive dynamo his offensive his offensive abilities and contributions are so good that it makes him like an average player by stats wise but like He's just so bad in his own end, and I don't get it. Like, there has to be a, a point where the coaches need to talk to him about it and work on this stuff because even if he was 25% better at defense, it would make all the world all the difference in the world. But he's not, and it's just so frustrating, and Brent Hedekin is just having none of it anymore. <laughs> and the thing is, he's not scoring goals either. Yeah, he went on that, he went on that little hot streak, and then he's been more average since right it's all been assists like he's second 
in scoring for defensemen right now still. And it's so, like, so assist heavy compared to years prior where, you know, the Brent Burns slapper from the point was, you know, always fine in the back of the net. And now it's it's just a lot of assists. and Which, I mean, which is like, if that's how he's combating people getting in the lane and blocking every single shot, he's making good passes and they're scoring right away, that's good. Yeah. But you got to play defense at some point, buddy. Right. Yeah, so I think as long as those, like, numbers are there, that the coaching staff is, isn't going to be like, oh, well, Brent Fern- Burns is a liability because they're like, oh, but look at all these points he has, where it's like, He's also not scoring the same way that he used to, and it's not. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's not. It's not the same. It's not the same. It's not the same. It's not the same. And the Jets game was notable for another reason, and that <clears throat> down goes Jumbo. Uh, <laughs> he is he has gone out of our lives now for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Sorry. Still on the Brent Burns thing because I just looked at his uh, goal totals from last year. So he scored twenty nine goals last year. Boy. We're now forty eight games into the season, and he's scored seven. Yuck. Yeah. That'll happen. Yep. Bad. All right. So anyway, uh, Jumbo... We still love Brent Burns, but man, you got to play some defense. Yeah. Uh, Jumbo's gone. He's... Rest in pieces. Um, His knee. He had had arthroscopic surgery. Uh, I've had that. And it just means that they stick a little camera with a flashlight in there and surf around your knee and are like, yep, this looks like it's damaged. Or... They'll when they're in there, they'll be like, "Oh, there's some like loose impediments that are like like pieces of like your meniscus have torn off, or um, there's some like bone fragments, whatever's in there, loose impediments, and they take them and suck them out." Um, so if he just had arthroscopic surgery, you're basically off your leg for like a week, maybe two weeks tops, and you're back doing normal things, and then you just kind of rehab it over the next couple of weeks. But you could have arthroscopic surgery and then be out for three months because you have major surgery. Right. With them saying there's no timeline for his return after that surgery, I'm going to lean towards it's something bigger. I think that they went in initially to see the damage. They might have gone and done minor repairs, but I think that they're also prepping for probably something bigger. I, I just, that's my feeling on I, it. I don't know. Yeah, and I, shout out to Doug Wilson for an all-time classic uh, dump. He news dumped that. Oh, yes. At puck drop against the Rangers. That is an all-time classic move. That's NFL-level yeah. news dump. Okay. It was so. awesome. Well played, Doug Wilson. So, uh, yeah, I I was the one who noticed that, and I was like, I, I couldn't believe he had done that at first, but he, he really did. He scheduled the press release on it for puck drop, I think, that they probably had it ready to go earlier that day. And it was scheduled right for puck drop. Well, puck drop happened a little bit late. So it happened right before puck drop. But doing that, all of the the people that cover the Sharks are in SAP Center waiting for the puck to drop. So it's not like they can sit there and write and get those articles out. So I think actually Fear the Fen ended up being the first person to get something up on it. Um, I just happened to be there and ready to write. And everyone else's pieces kind of came a little bit later because they were all sitting there waiting for the game to start. So they did talk about it on the broadcast. So it's not like it was something where they did that to kind of minimize people finding out about it. But I think they did it to just kind of keep all the coverage because then at that point all the coverage falls into the game recap and stuff they're like oh and also all of this happened they're like here we can it was it was frame it was a legendary news dump yeah we can yeah it was it was a legendary news dump yeah we can frame our recap with this news about joe thornton as opposed to we're gonna spend all day talking about this joe thornton news so 
Yeah, I <laughs> that was just a uh, sweet move by Doug Wilson. <laughs> uh, it, it was awesome. I respect it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I shout out to Doug for that Goodellian like news dump. It, it was great. But uh, yeah, Joe might be gone for a long time and it's very disappointing because they played against the Rangers and looked like shit. Yeah, that game. Yikes. No, no defense was found in the Bronx area. Not from either team at all. There was just no no, <laughs> no defense no. in the SAP And the shitty thing is, of course, all. San Jose loses to a backup goalie. Right. What well, else is new? To be fair, San Jose is also starting their backup goalie, so it was, you know. Is he the backup? Aaron Dell? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, technically, yes. <laughs> yeah, but Andre Pavlik is horrible. Yeah, that's true. He, he, he's, he's like an AHL-level goalie at this point, and San Jose lost. I, I don't know. I just don't know. Like, I'm going to blame that. So remember right before Christmas, San Jose lost 6 nothing to Dallas? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not forgetting I, like, that That game. wasn't really – yeah. <laughs> you can't – sometimes teams just shit the bed, and you can't really put stock into it. If it turns into a bigger trend, that's one thing. But I think the Rangers game might fall into that kind of game, like against Dallas, where – you just kind of have to, they didn't play well, it looked like garbage, whatever, that happens every once in a while. It's it's nothing to write home about, it's going to happen, just like the Dallas game. So I'm hoping that this is what the Rangers game was, is that shit happens, it was a bad game overall, they're going to regroup and it'll be fine, and it won't be indicative of the play going forward. Right, and I think that's, a lot of people saw that game and started panicking, like, this is what it's going to be like with Joe Thornton, we are all doomed, and I... I don't think so. I think it was just, it's a combination of factors. You have to look to that that's the game before the All-Star break. You know, guys are kind of looking forward to those next four days off. <laughs> like, I mean, didn't they, hold on, I've got the schedule right here, I can look. But they, I mean, yeah, they kind of played like garbage going into their bye week, too. So. Yep, and Christmas. Yep, and, you know, so, <sighs> this team likes the beach a little too much. <laughs> Logan Couture really wanted to go to Hawaii and just use over it. Now, I don't know. It's just, you know, I think there's a combination of factors there that led to it. It wasn't just indicative of what they'll be like without Joe Thornton. I think they're going to come back and um, they've got a road trip coming up. And I think this team's been pretty good on the road, haven't they? Or am I making that up? I'd probably have to look. But they got a little road trip coming up. They've got what, five games on the road. So I think that they'll have that time then to kind of mesh as a, a team. Ho hopefully, because they need to figure something out because they need to pick up the slack for Thornton. And I don't know if the lines that Preet DeBoer went like full senile, I guess, <laughs> against the Rangers. Because yeah. he had some line combos out there that made no Yikes. sense. It was like it was like Donskoy, Bodker, Carlson. I don't know which one plays center in that line. Like, if you can tell me, <laughs> I don't. I don't know. But and then there was like Pavelski, Tierney, Meyer. I don't know what the hell that is either. It wasn't Bodker on that top line for a minute, and then yeah, then he well, got Bodker started out on the top and, line. Yeah, that was... I I, don't, I he just moved some stuff around. Like, but he had like Tierney's been good all season. Like we we say that he's like a third line center and stuff, but he's been good and consistent. Why are you moving him off center and putting him with Pavelski and somebody else? That doesn't make any sense. What are you doing? Yeah. I did like, though, the Bank of Caturtle line. <laughs> <laughs> the Caturtle line is great. The Bank of Caturtle. <laughs> 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 
I liked it. They were good. Kevin LeBanc mm. had a good night. Really, those three, they had a great night. Like Yeah, like there's 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 pieces of lines that are good in there. Like LeBanc, Hurdle, Couture, and then Donskoy Tierney uh Donskoy Tierney Bodker. That that's some good lines. Like there's stuff in there. And then you could put Meyer with Pavelski and I don't know, pick a generic corpse from the bottom line and put him up there. Like there's so, there's some stuff that they can work with, but then when you go and go full line blender and have Donskoy, Bodker, and Carlson out there, what are you doing? You know, the more that I think about it, going back a little bit to that Brent Burns conversation where, you know, he probably felt pressured to replace Marlowe's production. Now I'm thinking about that game, the first game without Joe Thornton. I think there were like six points from the blue line. Like I really, which think is normally a good thing, but you got to play defense too, <laughs> right? I really do think that there's been some kind of like, hey, everybody needs to step up for um, replacing, you know, these heavy hitters. And the defense is just like, oh, all right, guess we got to score points now. (laughs) And forgets that they also have to play defense. I think there's some, probably some weight to that theory. And I wonder if that's coming from Pete or if that's just like them being hockey players and being like, oh, shit, we got to do something. Right. Well, apparently Vlasic really is sticking to his, like, wants to be Pavel Burry. <laughs> I want somebody to ask him that. I want, I want like, a real reporter to be like, so, uh, how do you feel about being Mark Edward Burr right now? <laughs> Known sniper, Mark Edward Vlasic. Yeah, <laughs> like, he scored in that game, didn't he? I think it was that one. I think so, because I put in the recap, I called him uh, Known Sniper. Yeah, he got, like, the weird, like... <laughs> Open like Hurdle did the weird drop pass thing between his legs. It was like a give and go between Vlasic and Hurdle. Yeah, which isn't a thing I thought I'd ever say in my life. <laughs> but uh, uh, they did that weird like thing, and Vlasic got a wide open net. Basically, Vlasic's been shooting a lot and scoring a lot and stuff like that. It's very strange. It is. It's super weird. <laughs> I don't hate it. <laughs> uh, but then sometimes he'll get a breakaway, and you're just like, oh god, this is the worst thing that has ever happened in hockey. <laughs> Oh, I love it. I love Vlasic. It's great. I, I love Vlasic, and I like... I've always loved Vlasic. I, he's not good at shooting. His shooting bone has been broken his entire career. But this year, he's like, nope, I'm going to do it. Yep. Just like Brendan Dillon's being like, I want to shoot more this year. And he's on pace for like 100 shots on and net for the first time ever. Justin Braun, too. Justin Braun has had a higher offensive production than years past. So, yeah, definitely the blue line has gotten more towards the offensive end. This is without Tim Heed, who is just... Slap shot master. Right. Like many younger Brent Burns for sure. Like Yeah, it's 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 been it's been weird. I don't know. Like (laughs) like Yoakum Ryan is the only person playing defense on our team, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Well Vlasic's still playing defense. Oh yeah, that's true. He's just He's he's just doing both now. Yeah. I just like as we recap the games and go through them, I'm like, Oh yeah, they did good stuff and I'm like, Oh yeah, they did bad stuff and I just don't know. I think that there needs to be a sharks. You have to take everything with a grain of salt pre-Thornton injury and pre-All-Star break. Yeah. And now that it's after the All-Star break, it needs to be like a recalibration of what's happening. So what happens in the first game could be more indicative going forward than what happened before the injury. And then as they work through the line. So it might be like a rough road trip here where they go 2-2-1 or something like that. But they might have figured stuff out. And then going forward after that, they'll be much better. Right. Well, I think they've got kind of weak teams on this road trip. i got to double check who they're playing after these next three. Oh yeah okay so it's uh yeah they really could it could go kind of either way because they've got pittsburgh detroit columbus carolina and colorado pittsburgh again is really close eh yeah yeah i think it just kind of 
happened to fit with when they were hitting Detroit and Columbus. Yeah, that works. I I like they should. I like that's not a, that's not they should beat Detroit. Detroit's bad. Columbus is going to be a test, but Columbus hasn't been as good as they were last year at the beginning of the season. They they had no at the beginning of the season oh, even. Yeah. Um, they, they banked a lot of points, and that's why they're still in the in the playoffs. So Columbus is beatable, especially if they draw Corpusalo, not Bobrovsky. Right. Pittsburgh, we saw them just beat Pittsburgh in a total team effort. They just need to do the exact same thing. Right. Stick to the script, beat them, and then take care of Columbus and Detroit, you should be able to beat Detroit without most of your players. Right. Carolina, not too worried. Colorado, again, that's going to be tough, but... But they're bad now again. <laughs> they're, 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 done, they're done their winning streak. Well, that's true. We'll see. I mean, we can see. Any, anything could happen. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, it's just... It's a weird place because the Sharks were actually coming around and looking like a team that I could get behind for the playoffs. Not that I'm not always behind them, but they're looking like a team that I could get behind for the playoffs. And then Joe Thornton goes down and it's just like, well, what are we doing here now? It's, it is. It sucks because it really was like right when I was starting to feel very optimistic about the team again. Yeah, like they were, they were doing a lot of good things. And like, even though they went down early against Winnipeg, they battled back and came back. And that's against the best team in the West. Right. So like... To see that battle back and put it to overtime or lose late, it's the kind of thing you want to see from a team that wants to go far in the playoffs is that they're not just rolling over and dying. There's adversity. They pick it up. They're beating good teams. They're staying competitive with good teams. They're beating the bad teams. And then Thornton goes down, and they all hell breaks loose against the Rangers. And now I have no idea what this team is going to be going forward. Yeah. As you can tell, everybody, we're very sad and dismayed at what happened. I can't even come up with thoughts on it. Can we talk about Arendelle? Can we just, like... Switch gears. We'll talk about Arendelle. He's he's been good. He has like just full stop. He's been good. You lose six five to the Rangers. Literally nobody's playing defense. Yeah, that's they left him out to dry. Like he he was the only person who was between the puck and a goal. Like that's it. <laughs> you know. Yeah, like it was it was it's not like looking and seeing. Oh, you lost six five to the Rangers and five four to the Jets. Like that. Those aren't things that they're just going to happen, especially when you're playing against good teams, and then if you're playing against like a team with no defense, like it, it's not indicative of how he played because he played in the Pittsburgh game too, correct? Yes. Yeah, he's played every game. Yeah, and then he, yeah, he's played every game since Jones has gone down, and he played against the An- and against Anaheim too, and so like he's been playing good. It's just when you have perpetual two on ones and empty netters and stuff, it's going to explode in your face. Right. Like. Uh... Okay, so an ECHL player said to me that, like, if you look at just the total shots or whatever, that it doesn't tell the whole story. And obviously, I think anyone who writes about hockey or anything, they know that, that you can't just look at your shot totals and be like, oh, clearly this team was super dominant. You can look at it and say, well, they've had, they had possession of the puck for significant periods of time, but you can't really say whether or not that they were necessarily dominant in that area. And I think if you look at like, goals allowed, like, it tells part of the story. It does not tell the whole story, and especially when it comes to goaltending, when there are so many other factors. When there, are, when there's a Justin Braun-shaped wall in front of you, that doesn't tell the whole story in your goaltending, you know? So, so I think if you're just looking at, like, raw scores and going, oh, well, he allowed five goals against the Rangers, who are bad, that's still not telling what Aaron Dell is capable of. Yeah, exactly. And for everybody that was like, oh, why aren't they putting in Troy Grosnick? 
Um, guys, Grossnick? there's a reason Trey Grossnick <laughs> is in the AHL, and he's the backup in the AHL. Yeah, I think people forget that, too. If you, they, if you don't follow the Barracuda very closely, you won't have realized, maybe, that Bebo has, like, surpassed him as their starting goaltender, but he has. Bebo is the starting goaltender, and everybody remembers Trey Grossnick coming up to the Sharks and getting the shutout in his one game. Yeah. That's fine. Shit like that happens. Grossnick got passed by Bebo in the in the AHL, so I mean I don't know what to tell you. He's he's he was there as a place filler, and Aaron Dell knew that. Pete 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 and the goalie coach and whoever they they talked to Aaron, and they were like, "Yeah, you're not coming out unless you get hurt. Don't get hurt." Right, and <laughs> and the other thing too is that people have said like, you know, they should have just pulled him because it doesn't do anything for his confidence or whatever to keep getting scored on. But at the same time, it's like they're like, "Well, you should just let him rest or whatever," and it's like, dude, it's like last game before the all-star break like yeah and he's played in like 15 no, games he's very rested yeah there is no point there literally would have been no benefit to pulling Arendelle because Arendelle kept the game within reach for San Jose yeah and Arendelle knows going into the thing that he's not getting pulled the Sharks know that he's not getting pulled Troy Grosnick bless his heart knows he's not getting pulled right <laughs> so like it, it just makes no sense that Troy Grosnick would ever 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 come out yeah. yeah, it's just, it's whatever. Yeah, he's there because, honestly, they don't want the Barracuda to completely fall apart <laughs> while Jones is injured. That's that's my thing. Yeah, really. Like, I, yeah, I I wonder if we see a Jones after the after the break here now. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, they haven't really said anything about how severe his injury is or anything. There's no. There's been nothing. And I think the Joe Thornton injury has taken away the attention from the Martin Jones injury. So people haven't really been asking what the timeline on Jones returning is. But yeah, I, I don't know when he'll be back, when we'll see him again. Who knows? I don't think he'll make the road trip. Really? I don't. I don't know. We just haven't, we haven't heard anything. It's been very weird that, I don't know, if he doesn't make the road trip, then there might be something seriously wrong. I bet you he goes on the road trip. Hmm. I don't know. Because it's only a week. That's but, the thing. It's a week. They're on the road for a week. So, like, I could see him not making the road trip. It's just over a week. But, I don't know. It's Tuesday to Tuesday. Eight days. So. Speaking of speaking of gross, Nick, uh, you got two bold predictions in a row, right? I did! <laughs> yes! I am so <laughs> stoked on this. And, like, it took me forever to realize that I had gotten the second one right. Because my bold prediction was that someone would get called up we hadn't seen before. That would be Troy Grosnick. I didn't even realize. <laughs> I didn't even realize until two days later you were like, oh, I got a bold prediction right. And I was like, what are you talking about? And then I had to go in there and look and then, like, figured out that you had said the call-up thing. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. How are you doing this? Yeah, yeah. I figured it would be a forward, but you know what? Grosnick, I will take it. I will take it. <laughs> two bold predictions in a row. I'm so stoked about that. It was definitely a good call on your part. It's... <laughs> What was Man, what if this whole team is just injured as all get out? Oh, don't even. I the thing is, I like, was yeah, starting start to get healthy too. Like, freaking Joe Pavelski was finally healthy again, and Joe Thornton was also healthy again. And who else had been injured? Tim Heed, Demello, like everyone was. Paul Martin. Everyone was back and healthy and good, except for Paul Martin, who went to the AHL yeah. and disappeared. But <laughs> like. Which, side note, I get um, tweet notifications for the San Jose Barracuda, and uh, 
Barracuda guy, whoever you are that's running the Twitter account, like, you need to distinguish between the Martins. Please. Put- <laughs> yeah, because there's John Martin, I think is his name. Yeah, there's a forward. And, yeah, just, like, J. Martin, P. Martin. Call Paul Martin Pauly something, please. <laughs> I get so call him Mr. Call- please call him Mr. Prime Minister. <laughs> something. Anything. Anyway, uh, yeah, so everyone was starting to get healthy again, so it's really frustrating that now we have the starting goaltender and the top line center out. That's just the recipe yeah. for disaster. It's a, my, my bold prediction for the record was, uh, there was two shutouts uh, in those five <laughs> games. Boy, was I wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Complete opposite direction there. Uh, yeah. God. Oh God. It was just not good. Um, so who do they, who do they play? Who are they upcoming? What are the upcoming next couple games so, here? Cause, Pittsburgh and Detroit are back-to-back with travel. That's awesome. Oh, lovely. Yep, and then Columbus on Friday. So who do, do we have any bold predictions for these three games? Oh, it might take me a minute to come up, come up with something. Yeah, I don't really know because I don't, I don't, the, the problem is that we don't have a good feel anymore. I know. Um, <laughs> like, it's hard to be... We, we, we won't be able to, uh, like, talk about our bold predictions for a while because I'm leaving on Friday for the Philippines. So this will be like a long-standing gap. It'll be like, oh yeah, remember three weeks ago when this happened? <laughs> do you want to just? Well, I don't, we can't even like do a month of February because you're going to be here for the end of February. So let's just, let's just skip the bull prediction and the things, and we'll talk about what we're going to do upon my return. Oh right, okay. So um, if you missed the last podcast, well, two podcasts ago now with the Joe Thornton one. Kyle is going to be gone from the 2nd of February? Yeah, to the 19th, basically. Yep, to the 19th. And while he's in the Philippines, he is going on a Sharks blackout. He will not be getting any information about the Sharks, or at least doing his best to not get any information about the Sharks. And when he returns, I'm going to have a list of things that happened with the Sharks, and he has to guess uh, whether they are true or false. Some of them will be made up. Some of them will be true. And it's gonna be a fun little game. I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited because I, if you tell me that John Tavares got traded to the Sharks, I'm saying true, <laughs> and just hoping and praying that that's a thing. Yeah. So. <laughs> what we should. What I let, let's um let let's let's go through the games that I miss, and I'll just go with like a win loss record. Sure. And see okay. what happens. So, um, you won't be here. So for the first one is Columbus. Yeah. Would be Friday the second. Well, let's start start with the ones that are this week too. Okay. Because we're just because I'm not going to be back. All right. So Pittsburgh. Uh, I say that's an L. <laughs> Detroit. Win, obviously. I hope so. I'll be there, so they better. At the pizza arena. Yeah. <laughs> it's yes. it's one of the great nicknames we that the internet has come up with is the pizza arena. It just works so yes, well. Yes, I love it. Then Columbus. I say they get a W there because I assume Bobrovsky will sit. It'll, it'll, it'll be the weird W that they get next. <laughs> Carolina. Home or away? Away, right? Yeah, away. Okay, I still think it's a W. That was a dumb question. <laughs> Colorado. Uh, I think that's a W, too. Okay. Oh, wow. I have them going on a four-game win streak. Yeah. Oh, God. I'm going to be so <laughs> sad when I get back. And then this is at home versus Vegas. Okay, I, I'm amending my predictions. What? I say they, I, I say they lose to Columbus. Okay. And then they beat Vegas. Okay. There we go. So they go lost to Pittsburgh, beat Detroit, lost to Columbus. Everybody thinks the sky is falling. Then they beat Carolina, beat Colorado, beat Vegas. Okay. Um, also, every game from Columbus on is every other night. So there are no back-to-backs after this. And All right, perfect. So um, then at home against Edmonton. W. 
Oh, wait, I lied. Up yours, Peter Trailer. This is also a back-to-back, because then it's another one where they're at home with Edmonton and then at Anaheim the next night. I think those are both Ws. Okay. No, I think I think they lose to Anaheim. <laughs> really? So, w-, w against Edmonton and then lost to Anaheim. Okay. Yeah. Um, then at home against Arizona. <laughs> How do you go super W? <laughs> at home against Vancouver. W. Man, they have an easy schedule. And then two nights off, and then at home against Dallas. Uh, that'll be an L. Man, they have an easy schedule. Yeah, kinda. <laughs> These teams are not good. <laughs> Dallas, uh, Vegas. I feel like Vegas. Colorado and Columbus. Are the okay. There's only like three playoff teams. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I don't know. I feel like Vancouver always gives them a run for their money, and then Edmonton and Ant- you say that, but they beat the. Living daylights out of them the last, like, three times. Stop it. Uh, <laughs> Edmonton and Anaheim, with that being a back-to-back after all of those games being every other night and travel, I think that that back-to-back is going to catch up to them. I do think Anaheim wins that one. But, yeah, I, I, it's, it's kind of an easy schedule. It's just all the travel involved, I think, is in every True, other but at least, night. True, but at least they're traveling against, like, teams they should beat. Sure. Like, you've got Edmonton in there, you've got Arizona, you've got Vancouver, you've got Carolina, like, you've got Detroit... Come on. If they don't if beat Detroit, a- I really don't think I can ever see them play in person again. Because I, <laughs> oh, I <laughs> they always lose. They always. It'll, it would be two, two games that I've seen them play and they would have lost. And so I just can't. Uh, that's it. That's it's too much. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it's, it's, you, they, I don't think you have anything to worry about. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> uh all right, bold prediction. Do we have anything? No, because I'm going to be gone. Yeah. I, that, that, that was my bold prediction was the win-loss record. Okay, we'll go with that. I'll, um, we'll, go, we'll go with that I due to my travels. My, my bold prediction is, I don't know. Um, actually, my bold prediction is that the Detroit game is going to go into a shootout. Why not? Sure. <laughs> he says shootout. Awesome. Sounds like a plan. Well, All right. Perfect. I also had one bold prediction that was in a preview that was like half true. Because I said two goals would get disallowed and it only ended up being one. It was against the Ducks. I think it was Adam Henrique maybe scored and it got disallowed. Uh, yeah, because he like punched it into the net. Yeah. <laughs> so like I'm kind of... Kind of doing all right with my bold predictions here. Yeah, you've been, uh, you've been, you have your finger on the pulse more than I do. This is why you're the managing editor and I'm <laughs> the the hockey talking guy. Uh, but uh, it's uh, I, lo- I, lo- I really look forward to well my trip, but coming back and then um, and then having to guess what the hell is going on because yeah. I'm, I'm I, I've told my friends not to text me if anything unless like somebody dies, then you can right. text me. But but. Um, uh, other than that, I want no sharks news. So yeah, it'll be I'm, interesting to see see what you come up with when I come back. And if anybody's listening, send us questions. Send us fake questions. Yes, I'm really excited about this. If you have suggestions for things I can tell Kyle happened, email me because Kyle does not have access to this email at fearthefin at gmail dot com, and he won't see it, and I will get to to laugh at him not knowing what happened. It's gonna be fun. I'm so excited. It's gonna be it's gonna be great. We'll have a little discussion of what's coming up on the podcast because Kyle's gonna be gone for two weeks, two and a, two and a half weeks, two weeks and a couple days. I have talked to some people about coming on. We do have 
two episodes in the bank right now that I have not gotten around to editing, so those two will be going up over those two weeks, and then um, I should be recording at least one with somebody else. Sorry, Kyle, but it's going to be fun. (laughs) I'm being cheated on for another man. Yeah. Or woman. Um, It could be either. No, we'll just go ahead and tell you who this one is, because the other ones are are a little more hush-hush, but it's probably going to be Marcus, prior managing editor of Fear the Fin, Marcus White, whom I love. So that's going to be fun. He's he's a good time. He was always good on the, the podcast with Jake. So um, it'll be a good time. He's already preparing bold predictions and everything. So <laughs> I'm excited. It'll be fun. Yeah, it'll be good. Uh, he knows what he's talking about. He works for NBCSN. So like he's a real hockey guy. <laughs> it'll be good. He will not be me. You will not hear my usual whimsy and charm. I'm sorry, everybody. There will be no, no Canadians on this podcast. <laughs> It'll be an America-only podcast, the way America <laughs> intended. Uh, I love it. It'll be great. All right. See you guys in at the end of February. See you in March, everybody. <laughs> Go Sharks. Peace out.